Hey, everybody, I'm John Small. And I'm Dan Bova. And from the Entrepreneur Media Podcast Network, this is Dirty Money. Investigators have called it one of the biggest corruption cases ever. You're one of the greatest con men of all time. You're the daddy of them all. But what does it take to be a good con man? I'm not guilty. You're the one who's guilty. Well, hey, everybody, welcome back. Dan, welcome. It's good. It's good to see you. I've missed you. John, always great to see you and always great to be sucked down into this horrible world of crime. Yes. I've got a question for you, Dan, because today's topic kind of raises a question that I think many of our listeners will ask themselves, and that is, let's say, you know, you were in your daily life, you met a German heiress Mm -hmm. who lived in some luxurious hotel. She dressed really well. She spoke very eloquently. She claimed to have millions and millions of dollars. Uh, And then this person asked you to invest with them. Would you consider doing it? Like, would you buy it? Uh huh. You know what? Here's my checkbook. Whatever you need, go for it. <laughs> um. <laughs> it is true. I mean, you would not be alone. Uh, that is the story of Anna Delvey, who the famous, famous Anna Delvey, whose real name is actually Anna Sorokin. And we are going to talk about her amazing story today. Uh, in case a little little cliff notes here because we're going to go into some detail, but she is a Russian-born woman, at least we think so, her her past is very murky, uh, who claimed to have a trust fund worth over $60 million. Um, she lived in luxury hotels all over New York City. She dined at the most expensive restaurants in the city. She attended all these high-profile events, all pretty much on somebody else's dime, or on borrowed time, basically. She was pretending to be somebody that she wasn't. Yeah, this this is the uh, the Anna from, uh, so there was a Netflix series called Inventing Anna. Her name is Anna Delvey, or Anna Sorokin, no one's sure. She's either a rich German heiress or she's flat broke. The charges are insane. Anna committed real white collar felonies while posing as a socialite in an attempt to steal millions of dollars. Hi, Anna. I just had some questions. You know, I, I have to admit, question. I started to watch it. What's you wear? And you as much as I love, uh, you know, talking about crime and all this, Everything's I think it was right after I, I watched the, the one about uh, Theranos. And I was just like, I can't take it. There's so many horrible <laughs> people in the world. I can't watch the story of another awful person. But uh, I'm glad we're doing this because what what a crazy story. I mean, my my God. It, it really is. It really took the New York tabloid world by storm. Uh, you know, the fact that it happened in New York, of course, helps the media capital of the world. Um, but also just that this person could get away with this and to fool so many smart people, including some of our not people we know, but some of our peers in the media. Um, and it just shows you how easy it is in some cases to pretend you're somebody you're not and to steal money. And I think um, one thing that we've discovered on this show is that if you have the right type of personality um, and the right kind of charisma that, you know, it isn't as hard as we think to be to be a scam artist. So Maybe we'll learn something today about what to look for, some warning signs, et cetera, or maybe we won't. I think one uh, sign is uh, someone who uh, professes to have 
millions and millions of dollars and somehow wants your money too? Um, you know, that's that's got to be yeah, what's, some kind what's of red that flag. about? But to talk to us about this, we are joined by Melissa Malamut, who is the deputy editor at entrepreneur.com. I talk to Melissa almost every day, so it's great to talk to her in this context. Though Melissa has been following this story closely and she is going to unpack it for us and I'm excited to have you Melissa welcome hi thanks for having me welcome Melissa and but but John just so we don't fall into the same trap I mean how do we know she's really the deputy editor of <laughs> entrepreneur.com it's true she has asked me to borrow money yeah. from time to time <laughs> correct and that, which is uncomfortable but um but I'm, I'm, I still, you know, I still think that she's going to give me it back. You have my Venmo, so. I'm laughing too. I mean, what scammer would choose journalism? A notoriously <laughs> yeah. not lucrative field. Right. It's true. What a great, what a great front, though. You know, I'm a right? journalist. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, so let's talk a little bit about Anna Delvey. I mentioned at the top of the show that she, it's it, her past is a bit murky because she's such a pathological liar that you don't really know what you're getting. But from your research into her, what do we know about her background? Like, where did where did she come from? She said she was German, but she wasn't actually from Germany. She was born in Russia in a town outside of Moscow, we believe in 1991. That's what's been reported by, you know, the New York Times and various sources, court documents. Um, but she grew up in Germany. And I think that's why the accent threw people. They weren't sure, is she Russian? Is she German? Um, so it really played to that whole aura. So she spent a lot of time in Germany. And so that's really what we know. We know she came on the fashion scene interning for Purple Magazine and arrived in New York sometime around 2013 as an intern. The story goes that she went to New York Fashion Week and never left. Supposedly, she was obsessed with reading Vogue as a kid. And she must have done a lot of reading because she really knew her art. She knew her fashion. And so having that knowledge, really, no one questioned her. You know, wearing she was wearing the clothes. She was talking the talk. Um, so that was really her background. What happened was she reportedly just stayed in New York, fell in love with the city. And sometime around 2013 is when it all started, when she changed her name from Anna Sorokin to Anna Delvey, telling people that Delvey was on her mother's side, but her parents denied that claim to the New York Times. So no one really knows where Delvey came from, the actual name. Um, and then like Dan said, I watched Inventing Anna on Netflix. I loved it. I actually was on the auto train going from New York to Florida, which is a very long ride. And so it, it made it go very, very fast. I watched the entire thing back to back to back. Um, and that's really when I started reading the story. Um, but what we also know about Anna, even though her crimes you know, were portrayed, the story first broke on the mainstream with Jessica Pressler's article in New York Magazine. Um, and Jessica, the journalist, she also, I believe, did Hustlers. She wrote The Strippers at Scores, that New York Times feature that was a movie by J-Lo uh, with Jennifer Lopez. Um, so that story by Jessica Pressler really, you know, blew up and is what put this all in the mainstream and, you know, led to everything else. Um, but one other thing I do think is interesting before we even get into her scams and all that is that 
After all of this was settled, she went to prison and she spent 19 months at Rikers. And if you know anything, if you've ever lived in New York, you've heard of Rikers, whether it's on the local news or, you know, you've definitely heard of it. Or if you've watched, you know, SVU, Law and Order, the last yeah. 20 years, you've heard of Rikers. It's a notoriously uh, tough prison. She didn't go to, you know, where the, the camp where they send the hedge funders. The, the country club uh, right. version. Right. <laughs> she might have spent some time at one of those, but she wasn't in the country club prison. I mean, she spent 17 or uh, 19 months in Rikers. That's amazing. Um, That's one tough. If she wasn't tough before, yeah, that, that'll harden <laughs> you real quick. I also think the interesting difference here when we're talking about scammers per se is, you know, um, the Tindler Swindler was another popular Netflix show, but he scammed women like, you know, lovers, like everyday people out of their money. And so, you know, this is a story, some people, it's like a Robin Hood situation where even though she wasn't spending it on the poor, um, you know, she was scamming rich people mostly you know, hedge funders, hotels. And so she sort of got a reputation. It was reported in prison that, you know, people liked her, you know, cause she had that damn the man. I screwed over the rich people. Sort of. Right. I did. I just love, you know, if I was going to create an alter ego, uh, uh, if I was going to create an alter ego to start scamming money from people, I think I would change both parts of my name. Um, you know, to go from Anna Sorokin to Anna Delvey, it's like, yeah, why, uh, no, why? I'm I'm not Dan Bova, I'm Dan Nova, totally different person. I have millions and millions of dollars. Yeah, why um, did she keep the Anna? Like, what what was that all about? Maybe because it was just too hard to keep track of it if, if people didn't call her by her actual name. Yeah, it's maybe funny. The plan all along was to you know, sort of stay herself. She told the New York Times she didn't care about the money; she wanted the fame, the power. Mm. So maybe there was a part of keeping her own identity and her own personality there. And when she got caught, it would still be easy. She could still be Anna. There wouldn't be any right any <laughs> issues for her book, for her shows. You know, I, I'm really not sure. And, you know, again, in 2013, whenever she really invented this persona, no one knows what was going through her head, but um, it, it's been an interesting 10 years. <laughs> so it's not... It's not a uh, crime to uh, pretend um, you're someone else necessarily. Um, so what what did she do that like crosses the line from pretending that I'm this uh, you know fancy person to like uh, I'm gonna go to jail? So the end game, we believe, at least for this part of the story. Um, was she wanted to start a foundation called the Anna Delvey Foundation, ADF. And it was going to be a private club in Manhattan at 281 Park Avenue South, a beautiful building, which right now is actually the Photographica Museum. And it has a very fancy restaurant and bar, which is sort of like ironic because it's is, you know similar to what I'm envisioning. The place, I forget the name of the restaurant. I will look it up right now, but it's on everybody's resi list. It's on the, oh, hot you know, places to go. So it is interesting that it did end up being this thing. But basically what she did was she pretended that she was coming into all this money. She was going to inherit, you know, 60 plus million dollars and her trust fund. So she infiltrated the art and fashion worlds and looked and talked the part. She scammed hotels 
She scammed at least $100,000 from one bank. And she also scammed her own friends. She used fake credit cards. She faked bank statements. She used Photoshop, like really simple. And she did it all herself. And it's funny too, because there's a scene in the Netflix um, documentaries where, you know, she's exhausted and everyone's like, why are you so tired? And it's because she's up all night making these documents, like doing all this research. She's up all night reading hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of pages so that her scam can stay afloat. Um, so she scammed all these people, hotels, banks, um, you know, held dinner parties, had, you know, very high profile investors and hedge funders come out. Um, and at these hotels, she would move from like Lux, like small boutique hotel to the next one. And she would hand out hundred dollar bills as tips, like for bringing her a water, you know, thank you for giving me my bag. Here's a hundred dollars. Um, and so that really played played up how rich she was. And so no one questioned it. Um, but when she started skipping out on the hotel bills, that's when authorities got involved and that's when things started to collapse for her. So this all seems like she had to have a lot of money to keep this lifestyle going. So how did she end up funding this lifestyle? Prosecutors said that she used bad checks and she got a line of credit from a bank. So she was using credit cards and writing bad checks. And then when the money, you know, was gone, <laughs> when the credit cards were declined, that's when, you know, the panic sets in. That's when she had no money and had to, you know, have friends start to pay for things. Like with the hotel, did she ever pay? Do you know if she ever paid a hotel bill or did she just, when she ran out of money, stop paying the hotel bills? It's when she would run out. So she would, yeah. you know, get money from one source and pay people back from another. So one of the people at the hotels that was her friend and continued to be her friend and sort of stayed her court side, you know, uh, fashion photographer, all those photos of her in court were by her, you know, one of her friends. So she would take money that she got from other people and pay back certain right. institutions. That's a classic um, Ponzi scheme. That's, yeah. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> but, but when she ran out on a bill from the Beekman, and the W hotels in New York, that's when, um, you know, things started to get really messy. She also skipped out and this was less than $200, um, at a restaurant at the Lib Parker Meridian hotel. But you know, those managers weren't messing around and they went to the authorities. She actually was arrested after a few years, um, in October, um, 2017 for the big thing, I mean, excuse me, she was arrested before the arrest that we all know about in October 2017 when she was at a treatment facility in LA. She was actually arrested in July um, earlier and let go and then arrested again in a sting operation in that October. Why did she get arrested and then why was she let go? So she was arrested in July 2017 for skipping out on the bills at the Beekman, the W New York Hotel, and a lunch bill of less than $200 um, at the La Parker Meridian. So that's what she was arrested for originally in July, but she was let go. The sting operation in October 2017 is what really had to do with Rachel Williams. Um, the two of them took a trip to together um, to Marrakesh, and um, supposedly... Now, Rachel um, Williams is a is an editor at Vanity Fair, right? So she somehow infiltrated Rachel Williams' world. Right. They met through, um, you know, art and fashion scenes. And supposedly, Anna scammed her um, out of about $60,000 in 
on that trip, like kept telling her, oh, just use your card. My card's been declined or, oh, I'll pay you back. Mm. Um, But what's interesting about that is that a jury, one of the only charges that they found her not guilty on was that they said it's because Rachel Williams then went on and wrote her own book and her own this. And she was featured in an episode of an HBO documentary. Um, And I don't know, you know, I I wasn't on that jury, but it just seemed like they didn't either believe her story or she just wasn't a likable witness. I don't know, but she was instrumental in um, Anna's arrest in 20, um, excuse me, in October of 2017. Um, And some of the other people that she scammed besides the banks (laughs) um, and the restaurants and the hotels, there were other people in her circle that she would borrow money from, borrow money from. But then like we talked about earlier, she would pay them back. Right. Using the money that she borrowed from other people. Right. Right. Um, But in the end, she didn't get the millions from the hedge funder, which is really what she wanted so that she could start ADF. Um, and the whole thing really crumbled around her. Hmm. And we never will know the psychology of these people, but I wonder in her mind, like I'm taking all this money, but it's for a good cause ultimately. And everybody will get paid back in the end of the day. I think that's sometimes I feel like that's what these types of people tell themselves, or maybe I like to think that, or maybe they're just freaking crazy and they don't care. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. I do have to say reading her interview with the New York times after um, she was sentenced in 2019. She told them straight out, I'm not a good person. I have no regrets and I'm not money hungry. I'm power hungry. Mm. So she's a nar- she's a narcissist. Yeah. She said that, sh- that she did nothing wrong. Like in her mind, she was going to secure these loans and then continue to just pay everyone back and live this life, um, of luxury. But one other interesting thing, um, about all this is we could get into, like what she was actually charged with. She was found guilty on eight charges, attempted grand larceny in the first degree, grand larceny in the second degree, grand larceny in the third degree, theft of services. Um, and she could have taken a plea deal, but she decided not to. And she took it to court um, and she ended up getting a sentence of four to 12 years in prison. She was fined uh, 24 grand and then ordered to pay restitution of about 200 grand. Okay, so she's she's scamming people right and left. She's uh, taking money from this person, uh, paying this person back. So uh, as things start to crumble, what what's what's the moment that it's all over? How how did she actually wind up in jail? Rachel Williams tells the story. So Rachel Williams was a photo editor at Vanity Fair and they met and became friends, you know, out one night. Um, But she was telling the story that because Anna was technically a German citizen, she had to leave the country every three months to reset her visa. So that's when they decided in May 2017 to take this trip together to this luxurious place in Marrakesh. And... uh, that's really when the whole thing spiraled and his credit cards get to denied. She no longer has this line of credit and Rachel had to use two credit cards. And one of them was her corporate, her vanity fair card um, and her personal cards to pay. And it ended up totaling $62,000. <laughs> and <laughs> so her company's looking into, you know, why is this 
luxury hotel on the company credit card. Um, Rachel's personal cards are completely maxed out. Um, and then a few months later, in July 2017, that's when she's arrested for the first time for theft of services. And that's for those three instances of unpaid bills, one at the Beekman Hotel in New York, one at the W Hotel, and um, a fancy meal at the Le Parker Meridian. Um, and then after that arrest, Rachel goes to the DA with her story about Turkey and her own personal loss from her friendship with Anna. So that's really, yeah, that, that's how she really got caught was the hotels um, and the lunch. And then the case was really built with Rachel's story. Yeah, because it seems to me like, you know, if you if I go on vacation with my freeloader friend and he, you know, asks me to pay for everything and says, uh, I'm going to pay you back. And he doesn't like it's not really a crime, right? It's just like. He's a scumbag and I have a bad friend and I have bad judgment for fronting money for this guy. <laughs> well, the jury agreed with you um, because that one, that was one of the charges that she was not found guilty on was the Rachel Williams. <laughs> yeah. Um, yes. And also I think, you know, Rachel used the story to her advantage as well. You know, she wrote, a, she wrote about it for Vanity Fair. She's been on several news programs. I think she had her own, um, you know, book in the works, things like that. So I think the jury was like, well, you're capitalizing on it anyway. Everybody benefited from their relationship somehow with Anna Delby, including Anna Delby. <laughs> um, it seems that way. Yes. I should have. Yeah, I should have taken advantage of her when I knew her. Um, <laughs> Maybe you'll still get that dinner invite. <laughs> I'm still waiting. John, we can make it up right here. Loan me $50,000. I'll pay you back. <laughs> <laughs> Done. So at the end of the day, she was charged with having stolen $275,000. $275,000. So it wasn't wasn't millions she was on the on the hook for. Exactly. And that's one of the other things that I do find so interesting about this is this is not a case where it's millions of dollars or, you know, yeah. a, a criminal element like that tin, Tinder swindler person or, you know, something where, you know, this was really you know, hotel bills and lunches. She did try to get millions. Um, yeah. But at the very end, they were doing their due diligence and they couldn't find her trust fund. You know, she couldn't fake those documents. They wanted to talk to someone. Um, she never got to the point where she got the millions that she needed, but she got very, very close. Uh, I just want to put a disclaimer out there. You know, often on Entrepreneur, we tell, we advise people who want to become something, fake it till you make it. Um, but I think we need to uh, <laughs> draw the line. Draw the line a little bit. <laughs> don't don't fake documents. Uh, just <laughs> yeah, or being a German heiress. Fake yeah. fake your fake your attitude, but not your uh, lineage. It's also yeah, and that's the cool thing too. And I say cool, take that with a grain of salt. But I, I feel like the attitude is maybe the one thing that she wasn't faking. Hmm. All right. So ultimately, she is convicted. Tell us about what goes down in that New York City courtroom. So the jury, um, she was charged with 10 counts and she was found guilty on eight of them, not guilty on uh, Rachel's charge. 
Um, and she was sentenced to four to 12 years um, and to repay hundreds of thousands in restitution. Um, and she actually, she served 19 months. What do we know about her time at Rikers Island? Was it rough for her? Uh, she gave an interview to ABC's Good Morning America in March 2021 um, that called her time at Rikers therapeutic. Um, she said she had a lot of time to read and write. Um, I also read that she was kind of revered there from other inmates for her, you know, scam the rich crimes. So despite the prison, you know, being notoriously tough, um, it doesn't look like, you know, she had that sort of time there <laughs> where. Yeah. Who needs to go to a spa, like a, a spa, when they can just go to Rikers. <laughs> it's and tough. Have time to yourself and be revered by your inmates. Yeah, it sounds like she had a good time. I don't know necessarily, you know, good time, but, <laughs> um, you know, perhaps it wasn't what we see on Law and Order. Um, but she did have sort of this celebrity status there. And Netflix, while all of this was going down, paid her $300,000 for her story. Um, and she said on Good Morning America, she could have taken a plea deal and perhaps gotten less jail time, but she went to trial on purpose because she wanted the publicity. She wanted the story to be told. She wanted this to all play out and Netflix would have a good story, I guess. Um, she was released though on good behavior, February 11th, 2021. And um, so she served almost four years. And, um, but then six weeks later, she was taken back into custody by ICE for overstaying her visa, which we had talked about before. She had to leave the country every three months to reset it. Um, so ICE took her into custody and then she was in a prison um, in upstate New York there being held by ICE. And then as we know, she inf infamously got out in October, 2022. That's when all the press started happening. All these feature stories, you know, with the blowouts on the stoop and um, she's still fighting her deportation. She, um, if she were to be deported, she would go to Germany. So she is actually a German citizen. Yes. So um, she was born in Russia near Moscow, but she said that her father, um, with, they were a middle class family, and she told Good Morning America that um, she grew up. She considered herself to be a single child because her parents had a second kid when she was thirteen. Uh, so she really had that alone, you know, childhood. She said, and uh, she said that her father was in the heating and solar energy business. And another funny thing about her, uh, her name is that she had originally told people that Delvi was a name on her mother's side and her parents denied that, um, you know, over the course of the trial. Um, but then she ended up telling Good Morning America when she got out of prison that she just made it up, just completely uh -huh. made up the Delvi name. <laughs> I don't even know if she knows when she's lying or telling the truth. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> it's definitely been a solid decade of just creating this persona and living this completely other life and getting away with it. Most, well, up until obviously not, but for many years, she was just infiltrating these circles and no one questioned it. Do we know why she's fighting deportation? Now, I would assume, I, I guess I would probably rather be deported to Germany than Russia at this stage in, my, in history. 
Um, no offense to my Russian comrades. I know there's a lot of listeners from Russia. <laughs> um, but I just feel like, you know, maybe it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world to go to Germany. Um, is there, do we know, is she in some sort of legal trouble in Germany or we probably don't know that, right? I why does why she want to stay here? She's famous here. I think, yeah. Yeah. You know, I really don't know, but she is famous here. I know that she fell in love with New York when she came here in the fashion circles. And to this day, she doesn't have remorse. She still doesn't think she did anything wrong. She was going to get all this money and pay all these people back and nobody would know anything else. Um, so maybe she just loves New York. Perhaps, you know, she has been here for, you know, quite some time and doesn't think that there's a life for her in Germany, but I think she's fighting more than just deportation. She's also appealing her conviction. Um, she's on house arrest. Why do you think this has been such a huge story in the press and in the media? Why was the story such like an international blockbuster story that like, you know, was became the Netflix series produced by Shonda Rhimes. And I mean, th this was like a big high profile it was like on the front page of every tabloid. What do you think it was? It wasn't even that much money. Uh, me personally, society's obsession with young women. Um, <laughs> and she wanted press. Um, she on purpose, you know, uh, had someone in the courtroom in the courtroom photographing her hashtagging, you know, Anna fashion Anna courtroom fashion. And also around this time, um, Cardi B was also in court and everyone was talking about her court looks. And there were several fashion stories, um, you know, that were all about courtroom looks oh. and all these famous people. So I think she really did it on purpose. She wanted the press. She wanted her story out there. And she got it. He sure did. So, you know, typically when we talk about people who have like, you know, the, pulled off a Ponzi scheme or something like that, there's there's people's lives left in ruin behind them. That doesn't seem to be the case here. Is that uh, fair? Um, yeah, I, you know, Rachel Williams gave statements that her life had been ruined and the Netflix show was not very kind to her. And there are some articles that, you know, say that some of that was dramatized and, you know, Rachel got a bad edit per se, if you yeah. want to call it like from a reality TV standpoint. Um, but as for lives ruined, I mean, Anna, I think is the only one who, you know, may have had her life ruined or at least time stolen in, well, time stolen. She did commit these crimes, but you know, she's the one who was in prison and she's still fighting it right now. So Melissa, what I think I I'm hearing you say is free Anna Delvey. Is that what you're, um, <laughs> Is that what you're That's how for? good a con artist she is. We're sitting here doing a show <laughs> on Dirty Money about her, and we all have sympathy for her and feel bad for her. That's how good she is. Um, you know, that's the thing. No, I don't have sympathy. I have a little bit of, you know, she's you an entrepreneur. I mean, she's trying to capitalize on what she does have, um, which is notoriety and fame. I'm sympathetic to, you know, I, I guess it's hard to be sympathetic, like to banks, you know, <laughs> or like big hotels, but that's, I know that's the wrong take here. Um, I am sympathetic to her friends who got scammed to the people who 
were friends with her who maybe didn't get scammed out of money, but were scammed out of friendship, out of their time. Um, you know, so I don't know. I don't really have an opinion. I'm not free Anna Delvey or <laughs> not free Anna Delvey. Um, but I do think her story is interesting. And, you know, if she writes her own book, I'd probably read it. That said, she's a convicted liar. So I don't know how much of it would be true. It, it would be tough. Um, but I can say that she has a very strong team behind her. She has publicists, uh, very high profile ones. She has managers. Um, she is getting a ton of press. So where is she getting this money? So that we should ex- we should explain that she is now out of prison. Explain what we know about her right now, where she is right now. It's, it, she got out in October of 2022 of prison. And you actually were able to, you know, you did some reporting, were able to reach out to her and, and got a response. So tell us a little bit about what you found out. Sure. So she, she was released, but on bail. She's on house arrest. So she is still, it's not like she's just wearing an ankle bracelet and, you know, living out the rest of her sentence. Um, she's appealing her convictions and there's still a chance ICE could deport her. Um, so she's still very heavily involved in the legal process. Um, she posted bail and she got out of prison in October. And since then, she's been everywhere. Uh, the cut did a feature with her riding the subway with Anna on her way to her parole office. Um, she did a, a photo shoot on her stoop for Forbes. Uh, she did an apartment tour of her fifth floor walk up in the East village for Vogue for Vogue's TikTok. Uh, so I was all, yes, you know, let's have her on the podcast. So I reached out to her team and I was very excited um, to get a reply back. But as soon as they mentioned her hair and makeup requirement, and I had already mentioned this wasn't going to be on video. I knew it was over for us. We weren't going to get the interview. She wasn't, she wasn't going to be an audio only. Her. Yeah, so. we would have had to do her hair. This is this a little behind the curtains here for people. Sometimes uh, celebrities will um, require you to do their hair and makeup and do all this fancy stuff just because they want a nice free makeover for a day. Plus, she's smart. She wanted to have as much exposure as she could. And so video would be more exposure for her than coming and on And un- unfortunately, like all of our hair and makeup budget goes to John. So what are we, uh, we've got nothing left. <laughs> and if you could see, if you could see this video, you could see it's, <laughs> it's not doing, it's actually, we should probably raise the budget a little higher. Um, I am. If you watch Vogue's, um, if, Kevin, if you watch her apartment tour, her, her blowout looks amazing. You could definitely tell she had a blowout. I don't know about you guys. I can literally smell like a dry bar blowout. <laughs> yeah, like I mean, every time, every time Dan gets one, it's so obvious. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, her blowout looked amazing. Um, but one other thing that they told me though, um, is that so for us and for this podcast sake, we, you know, dirty money, we want to talk about the money. We want to talk about the past, the crime and what happened. Um, but she literally legally cannot. Hmm. Uh, Netflix owns her story through 2024 per her wow. rest the backstory, which is why when you read all the new press, it's all about her new stuff, her artwork, um, her upcoming Mm. reality show where she's going to. So right now she notoriously lives in a $4,200 a month walk up in the East village. When you hear walk up in the East village without hearing the $4,200 a month in front of it, you might think it's like a dumpy building. Um, but it absolutely is not. Um, it, you know, based on the Vogue tour, it looks like a beautiful apartment in downtown New York and 42, 
50, not even 4,200 is not a small amount, um, even for New York city. Um, but she can't, uh, post on social media at all as part of the terms of her release. So she needs to find ways to make money and to capitalize on her story, uh, like any entrepreneur would. And so she has a, uh, TV show, Delvey's dinner club that per the press release is going to feature esteemed guests who will be eating around a private chef catered table for candid conversations where no topic is off limits. Um, and so except her crimes, yeah, right. Except her past crimes. <laughs> Completely um, off limits. There's no release date yet for that. Um, and the distributor is not yet known. However, if it goes on Netflix, then maybe she can talk about those past crimes. Anna, if you're listening, I am waiting for my invitation. I want to be at that dinner, right? <laughs> well, let me ask you a question, though, because other people might be wondering this. So where is her money coming from? So I'm assuming because they Netflix owns the right to her story that they bought the rights from her. Am I correct in assuming that? Yes. Um, she did get some money from Netflix and all that, but she did say that most of that or all of that went to paying back the restitution plus, you know, all of these legal fees. I know she sold some artwork, uh, you know, she's been creating art. So that probably helps, um, with that and, you know, any other media deals this supposedly she's working on a book. Mm. There is money coming in somehow. Okay. I mean, plot thickens. Yeah. Uh, it would be really interesting to see who's writing those rent checks because that... Uh, yeah, that ain't that ain't small pickings. It's not but small, but it's not like absurd crazy. either. So you no. could see someone who, um, by extension, wants to be famous because they're associated with this person footing the bill a little bit to, to get their name in lights. I don't know. I'm com- This is a complete conjecture. I also think that she's smart. So if she was staying at like a $10,000 a month apartment, people might, eyebrows might raise. But since she's staying in a place that's like not crazy by New York standards, it's a little more under the radar, right? If she was staying at a high rise and, you know, on the Upper East Side, you know, with the doorman, it would be different. I don't know. <laughs> well, she's trying to get there. I know. Um, she wants to go to a full service luxury building in Hudson Yards Mm -hmm. because being under house arrest, she can't leave the house. So she wants a gym. She wants all those amenities. Um, It says that uh, she reportedly got $320,000, a sum from Netflix for the rights to her story. But, you know, supposedly all of that is gone. And if she does go to Hudson Yards, I'm not sure how those bills would be paid, but maybe the new television show is going to help. It's interesting because somebody like her, she's such a product of the modern media age, right? Like you almost wonder like how, what she did, maybe it paid off in the end for her because we'll see what ends up happening. But she was kind of like a nobody fashion, you know, wannabe person. And now we're talking about her on a major podcast. Um, And so is the rest of the world. And uh, maybe she got everything she wanted. She just had to do 17 years in Rikers and has to walk around with an ankle, right, right. ankle bracelet. <laughs> but yeah, she didn't. She didn't murder anybody. <laughs> she um, th- th- she stole a lot, but not a lot. Um, yeah, I think I think she's playing this beautifully. <laughs> as terms as as, a, as far as criminals good. go, uh, good job, Anna. Yeah, and that's the part of the whole, you know, 
aura, the whole vibe of this is that it, it wasn't millions, at least that we know of, like the actual convictions and court documents. Um, there wasn't any violent crime. There wasn't anything except for a young woman who, you know, scammed a bunch of fancy people into thinking that she was an heiress and she almost, almost got it. What did the Netflix documentary get wrong and what did they get right? What does Anna say? Anna told Cosmo um, that there were some things that she didn't agree with. Um, One of the funny things that she said was that she didn't think that she ordered people around so much. You know, uh, Julia Garner, the way she portrayed it, she kind of came across as bossy. Um, But Anna told Cosmo that she's much more self-aware now of how she comes across and that she didn't think that she was so brazen and shameless. Um, She also told Cosmo that she moved on from all of this a very long time ago. I mean, you know, this is after she spent almost two years in Rikers, you know, giving this interview. So um, she said that she's being affected by the way the world sees her. And she doesn't exist on her own. But this is really a creation of her own. Like, you wanted the power. You wanted to be famous. And now you got it. You made your bed. Now you got to sleep in it, Anna. (laughs) Oh, well, Melissa, thank you so much for sharing this story with us and our listeners. It's it's a good one. Usually I'm I'm left disgusted. But now I'm like, huh. (laughs) Yeah. I'm intrigued. And... Somewhat attracted. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it is a tough one. I, I think it's because, you know, like I said, there was just no, the the victims here, it's hard to feel sorry sometimes for a bank. You know, it's hard to feel sorry for a fancy New York City hotel. Um, but in the end, it's still a crime. And it, it could have been a lot worse. I mean, imagine she did get these millions from the hedge funders or from, you know, whatever, entity and she buys this landmark Manhattan billion, uh, you know, building and (laughs) you know, how far could this have gone? I guess is the question. Um, so I think in the end, the lesson is don't scam your friends because she scammed all the banks and nothing happened. And it wasn't until she started scamming her friends that, you know, she ended up getting arrested. Okay. So John, don't click that link that I just sent you. Um, I don't want to get, I don't want to get arrested. I won't, I won't click it. <laughs> I just sent uh, John a phishing uh, scam link, but now that you say that, I'd rather not get arrested. So, John, don't click it. I'm not going to. I clicked it. Oh, shit. <laughs> it is funny in the end. And she's also doing, I think, what any, I guess, entrepreneur would do is, so what does she do now? And how does she make a life for herself moving forward? And if she doesn't get Using her brand. Yeah. She's got a brand now. And she's going to uh, leverage it. Uh, well, one one other thought on this is that, um, you know, I think we live in this uh, world where the uh, a sense of being uh, of shame and being embarrassed by your behavior is just out the window. It's just like she's like, yeah, I did this. Uh, so make a TV show about me now. Like absolutely zero, um, you know. Nobody feels bad yeah. about anything. Regret. It's just uh, it's just all about like getting that end result. And here we are talking about it. So again, good job, Anna. You won. 
It is very true. Um, you know, telling the New York Times specifically, I'm not a good person and having no remorse and saying specifically that you just wanted the power, you know, more power to you, I guess, in the end. But um, I guess I'll stick with the non-lucrative career in journalism. <laughs> Because I do have remorse, yes, and I, um, I, I don't know how that happens. Melissa, thank you. This is awesome. No, thank you. I'm glad that we got to talk about this. I'm very excited to see what happens next. Or is it just going to fizzle out? You know, is this a, you know, it's been a lot longer than 15 minutes of fame, but, you know, she could still get deported. And if that happens, um, you know, the Anna Delvey story as we know it, it might be over unless she becomes famous. I, I, I have to think that it's going to fizzle out because, all right, so she has this show, right? And it's a bunch of like snobs talking about like art and stuff. Like who gives a shit? Like you hate people like that. Um, but, um, but the, you know, the crime part of it was interesting. So who knows? We'll see. Yeah. I mean, if she does a reality show, like, you know, America's next top con or something like that. And she's the, one of the judges that she trains. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. That, tra- that I would watch. Yeah. John, you need to immediately buy that website. I'm in the wrong position. Set up a Twitter account right now, America's next top con. <laughs> she coaches them and then she, yeah, it's a good yeah. How is that not go. a show already? I, I know. Yeah. Write it, write it down. <laughs> You're hearing her first. Somebody, some Dan. Hollywood producer is listening to this show right now. Yeah, like, write Calling it down. Agent. Um, but Dan, I do agree with you. I think a bunch of people sitting around a table, you know, Julia Fox and, you know, all these yeah. downtown New Yorkers, um, you know, publicists, Caitlin Phillips, maybe, you know, all these people who are constantly in New York press. Yeah. Um, I do have to wonder if it would backfire in that way. Yeah. Um, and, it, you know, are you only placating to the New York elite? <laughs> well, she's probably yeah, just nobody, nobody would. Watch yeah. That show. She's just going to cash her check and then uh, move on to the next game. I would I would think that's true. She doesn't care about perception or what <laughs> I completely forgot. <laughs> thank you, Melissa. No, thank you for having me. Dirty Money is a production of the Entrepreneur Media Podcast Network. It is produced by Dan Bova and John Small with music by Rich Bova. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and leave us a five-star review.